to Maranatha Christian Assembly Podcast, where we bring you the Word of God wherever you are. We pray that you be blessed by God's Word this week. Thank you, Pastor Elvin, for a very unique introduction of me. Well, a great joy to be with you here once again uh, this morning. I know your church has just entered into a new season with a new senior pastor. And I pray that in this new season that your church will come to experience the hand of God in a very powerful way. So this morning, let me just say this before I preach. And I want you to remember, not just FOC, but remember we cannot spell the word church without the letter U. And therefore, in this church, you are very important. The church needs you to be in the worship service. The church needs you to be involved in the different ministries. The church needs you to give, not just financially, but your time, your talents to the church. So that together, that's where the church can move forward. So tell the person beside you, you are very important. That's right, the word church, the word the letter U is so, so important. Are you ready for the word? Let us pray. Father, this morning we bow our hearts before your awesome presence. As we look into your word, Lord, open our ears. Open our hearts, O oh God, to hear and receive what you have for us. We commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. I'd like to entitle my message this morning, God, I just don't understand. God, I just don't understand. I don't know about you, but there are so many things that I could, I could not fully understand nor comprehend. For example, I cannot understand why God blessed Pastor Elvin with double eyelids, and I only have a single eyelid. I could not understand. I could not understand after married to Carries for almost 38 years, but from time to time, I still cannot understand her. <laughs> I just cannot understand. But on a more serious note, there are some things I really could not understand. Why would God allow a sinner pastor, a good husband, a loving father to die of COVID? I just don't understand. Or how could a young woman with a bright future, but somehow his life was shortened, because of cancer. I just could not understand. Or a young couple got married, 
give birth to a baby, and then just in a few days later, the baby passed away. I just cannot understand. And the list can just go on. The fact is that in life, there are times we are faced with situations that just don't make sense. And we just could not understand nor comprehend. So the question is, when you're faced with such situations, what do you do? When you're faced with a situation where you could not fully understand why, what do you do? Of course, we ask questions. We ask why. Why God? Why this? Why that? We questions, we ask questions. Of course, we struggle mentally and also emotionally. Of course, there are times we just have to accept whatever has taken place in our lives. But some of us, when faced with such situations, we also doubt. How many of you here, you don't doubt? I do. You know, sometimes we doubt the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. God, where are you? So we do doubt at times. Martin Luther said, only God and some madmen don't doubt. <laughs> all right. So we all do doubt it is okay, but as long as hopefully our sincere doubts will not become skeptical doubts. Because when that takes place, then it will affect us in different ways. Doubts have a way of affecting us. Well, it can lead us to a point of discouragement, despair, down where we are really feeling, we feel down not spiritually, but emotionally, mentally, then we can get to the point of being disillusioned, a sense of disillusionment. Lord, what is happening? And then a sense of dejection, really low. And worse still, deconstruction. The word de deconstruction is a word commonly now used, used in the evangelical circle to describe believers who have left their faith. To this deconstruct means to dismantle. So about Christians who dismantle their faith and ultimately depart from the faith. I mean, I'm sure you know of Christians who are in such situation. They stop believing God because of certain situations that have taken place in their lives. So therefore, the big question is. What matters when we don't understand? What matters when we don't understand? So this morning, I'll turn your attention to one of my favorite verses. That is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Two great verses where the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, 
and he will make your paths straight. So what matters when we don't understand? So from these two verses, let me highlight three things that matter when we don't understand. First of all, faith matters. Faith matters. Trust in the Lord. We are called to trust in the Lord at all times. Not just during good times, but also bad times, right? We trust the Lord. But of course, it is easier to trust the Lord when things are going fine. When everything is going according to our plan. It's easy to trust the Lord when you get your dream job, when your portfolio is up, when you move into a new house, or when your children get into the chosen school. We say, yeah, praise the Lord. God is good. I trust in the Lord. My faith is in the Lord. But what happens when your world falls apart? When the skies falls on you, or when sorrow buffers you like a storm, or when you feel that you are at the end of the rope, will your faith will still be strong and steadfast in the Lord? Will you still continue to trust in the Lord and say, God, no matter what, my trust, my faith is in you? Church, we need to understand that there are two sides to faith. One is what I call the expectant faith, and the other side is what I call the enduring faith. Expectant faith is when our faith is so fervent, we believe in miracles, in breakthroughs, in healings, that with God all things are possible. We expect our God to be an almighty God who will do great things in our lives. There's expectant faith. There's an important you know, faith that we must have in our lives. But on the other hand, there's also the enduring faith. That means faith in God even when your prayers are not answered. When things are not going your way. Or when God seems silence in your life. That you say, God, I still trust in you no matter what. That is enduring faith. So there's the expectant faith. There's also the enduring faith. The point is that faith doesn't always take you out of the problem. Faith takes you through the problem. Faith doesn't always remove the pain from your life, but faith gives you the ability to handle the pain. Faith doesn't always, you know, take the storms out of your life, but faith comes you in the midst of the storm. That is faith. That's why Hebrews chapter 11 about 
heroes of faith. In chapter 11, you see the demonstration of expectant faith, but also the demonstration of enduring faith. Where the Bible says many of these heroes of faith, they die, you know, in the Lord without receiving the promises. They die in their faith in God without receiving the promises. That's faith. That's why faith is believing even when we don't see it. Faith is obeying when we don't understand it. Faith is also giving when we don't have all of it. Faith is persisting when we don't feel like it. And most of all, faith is trusting when I don't get it. That's why Corinne Tambun, she say, faith is like a radar that sees through the fog. Faith is like a radar that sees through the fog. Wow. Isn't that powerful? That is faith. That is enduring faith. Trusting in the Lord no matter what. Remember the story of Job in the Old Testament? Job went through terrible times. And none of us want to experience what Job had experienced. But the Bible says, Job, he trusted in the Lord. He trusted in the Lord no matter what. In spite of the great mess he experienced in his life, he trusted the Lord. And when God finally appeared to Job, what did God say to Job? You remember? God appeared to Job. Gerald this morning, pretend that you are Job. And I, God Almighty, appeared to you after all they have gone through. And I said, Job, poor you. So sorry for what you have gone through. I want you to know, it's not really my fault. It's all because of S.A. Tan. He wanted to prove a point. He said, you are a very righteous person. You are perfect. No matter what, you will still trust in me. And because of that, you know, I have to allow you to go through the, the mess in your life. And I'm so thankful that you stood, you know, fervently strong in your faith. You did not deny me. You still continue to believe in me. Job, I'm so proud of you. Press on. Did God say it to Job? Did he? No. But instead, in a, a thunderous, glorious monologue, God revealed himself to Job. And he said, Job, I am all-powerful. I am eternal. I am majestic. I am perfect. I am sovereign. I am wise. God basically revealed himself to Job that he is the great I am. And God did not 
explain to Job what he has, why he has to go through what he experienced. God did not give Job an explanation at all. At all. So the simple implication for the life of Job is this. God is God, Job is not, and we are not. So whenever I'm faced with a situation that I don't understand, I remind myself that God is God and I am not. That's it. There are times I say, God, if I'm you, I will do this and do that. If I'm you, I will surely heal this person. If I'm you, I will, you know, kick the person out of the church. Wow. But you see, I'm not God. Thank God I'm not God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Therefore, the simple implication is this. God is God and we are not. And there will be times that we cannot fully understand the ways of God in our lives and in our situations. We just have to learn to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. In 1975, John uh, Kavanaugh, a Jesuit philosopher, he he. He had some personal struggles in his life, and he decided to go to Calcutta, India, to spend some time with Mother Teresa at her charity, hoping that by staying there, that he will receive uh, you know, clarity for things that he experienced, he's experiencing in his own life. So he went to the home of Mother Teresa, and the next morning he met. Mother Teresa. And Mother Teresa asked John, John, uh, how can I pray for you? And then John said to Mother Teresa, please pray for me that I will have clarity. Clarity to what is happening in my life. And immediately Mother Teresa said to him, no, I will not pray for you to have clarity. That is the last thing you should be seeking. And then John said to Mother Teresa, How come but you, you always have clarity? And Mother Teresa replied, and she said to John, John, no. I don't have clarity. What I had all this while is trust. I've just learned, I've learned to trust in the Lord no matter what. And therefore, I want to pray for you that you will have trust in your God. Put your faith in God. Faith. You remember Thomas in the New Testament? He doubted the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Jesus one day appeared to Thomas in, recorded in John chapter 20. Verses 27 to 29. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. 
reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. That's what Jesus said to Thomas. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God, that response is an affirmation of his faith in God. My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet, and yet have believed. This is not blind faith. This is bold faith in God. In spite of the situation that we could not understand. So maybe some of you here, you have gone through some difficult situation, even right now, and you are struggling, you could not understand. So let me say this to you, faith matters. Faith matters. The second point, what is the second word? You should be guessing by now. Starting with the letter F. The second important point is this. Foundation matters. Foundation matters. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. The word understanding means what we understand or comprehension or insight. That is understanding. Let me ask you a question this morning. Where do you get your understanding? Where do you get your understanding? Where? Basically from a few sources. Let me just highlight five sources where we do receive our understanding. Five G's. Easy to remember. First is the word guru. Guru in Malay, it means teacher. We get our understanding from our teachers. Not just in school, but also in other settings. You know, we get our understanding from guru. Second, from wise people or people older than us. People who have eaten more salt than rice than us. So we get our understanding from our grandfathers, the second G. All right? Grandfathers, because they're all very wise. Third G, Google Law. Now, whatever we don't understand or we want to get more information, we just Google. And we get a lot of data, a lot of information, a lot of understanding from Google, right? The fourth, which is the worst, is when we get our understanding from gossipers. Uh, people just gossip here. The little things that they know, they think they know, they tell you this, they tell you that. You must eat this, you must eat that, you know. But the fifth source, the most important, is God's Word. 
the Word of God must be the foundation of our understanding. You see, with our understanding, we make decisions, we make assessment, we make judgment, right? So therefore, our understanding, it is so important. So two questions here. Through what lens do you see life? Through what lens do you see life? Or with what lens, lenses do you, you know, uh, discern and examine your present reality? With what lenses? You see, all of us here, we look at life through certain lenses based on our upbringing, our, you know, uh, whatever we have learned in the past of experience. So we look at life through certain lenses. And how we look at life will have a great effect on us in one way or another. That's why Dan uh, Ritland, he said, he said, our perception, the filter through which we see everything has a tremendous effect on our lives. And they're so true. As I mentioned earlier, every person looks at life, looks at their situation through certain lenses. But we as Christians, we must look at life through biblical lenses. And that is so important to look at things, look at a situation, look at life from the divine you know, lenses that God has given to us. The Bible is an open lens that helps us to understand God's viewpoint of life. And therefore, by filtering you know, our circumstances through biblical lenses, we're able to gain a greater, a broader you know, view, a greater perspective, and most of all, an eternal perspective. And therefore, the big question is, are you looking at life through the lens of the Scripture or through something else? As you look at your life, as you look at your present situation, with what lens are you looking at? And I pray that you and I will learn to look at life through the lens of the Scripture. In Proverbs 7, verses 1 to 3, here the Bible says, My son, keep my words and store my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Here we are all you know, encouraged and challenged to, to store God's Word into our hearts. So that the Word of God will be the very foundation of our lives. And we begin to face life challenges with the Word of God in us, helping us. And we're able to look at life situation, not through our own narrow perspective, but through the lens of the Scripture. That's why there are three challenges for all of us as believers. Number one, see life 
through the lens of Scripture. There's a great challenge for all of us. Because sometimes we look at life through our own narrow perspective, through our own pain and hurt in our hearts, through our own sense of bias. But we need to learn to look at life through the lens of Scripture. And second challenge is, saturate our heart and mind with Scripture. We must dig deeper in the Word of God and store the Word of God in our hearts and in our minds. That the Word of God will be like a lamb that will guide us and help us to face life challenges. And the third challenge is sort out current situation according to Scripture. Whatever you're facing right now, what does the Word of God is saying to you? You're going to sort it out through the Word of God speaking to you. Ultimately, the big question is, what does the Bible say? What does God's Word have to say to me about my situation? That's the most important. What does the Bible say about death, about life, about marriage? You know, there are people who are trying to redefine marriage. But ultimately, it's important for us, what does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about trials and tribulations? and other issues of life. What does the Bible say? That's why foundation matters. As we face difficult situations, as we face the mountains of life, when there are times we don't understand, the foundation of the Word of God in us will enable us to face our life challenges, not in our own strength, but in the strength of God, not looking at things through our own human perspective, but through the perspective of the Scripture. That is important, and that is so needful. Let me tell you a story about a farmer who has a son and a horse. Only one son and one horse. One day, the horse ran away. And the neighbors came by. And the neighbors say to the farmer, Oh, poor farmer, you have only one horse, and now your one horse, he ran away. And you have no more you know, horse in your house now. So sad. Then the farmer came out, and the farmer said to his neighbors, Well, could be good, could be bad. Don't know yet. Then the next day, the horse came back with another horse. Wow. That means the, uh, his horse must be a female. Came back with another horse. And the neighbors came by. Neighbors said, wow, you're so fortunate. Your horse ran away and now your horse came back with another horse. Wow, so lucky of you. Then the farmers the farmer said to the neighbors, well, could be good, could be bad, don't know yet. The next day, the son in a play with the horse, and then somehow the horse kicked 
that the leg of the son and his leg was broken. Wow. And the neighbors came by. And the neighbors said to the farmer, oh, so sad. You have only one son and now his leg is broken. We feel so sorry for you. Then the farmers came out and the farmers said to the neighbors, well, could be good, could be bad, don't know yet. Then the next day, war broke out in the country and the army came by to enlist every young person into the army. And because the farmer's son, you know, his leg was broken, he was exempted from joining the army. And the neighbors came by and neighbors said, Wow, you are so blessed. Now our sons are all in the battlefield. We don't know whether they will come back dead or alive, but you are so blessed. Your son is with you. And the farmer came out and he said to the neighbors, what did he say? Well, could be good, could be bad, don't you know yet. Right. What's the point of this story? Yes, it is true that in many situations, it could be good, it could be bad. But for us as Christians, we know it will be good. Because Romans 8.28, the Bible says, All things work for good to those who love Him and call according to His purpose. All things. So for us, we know it will be good. And therefore, in situations that we don't even understand, we declare by faith and we say it will be good. You see, for the neighbors of this farmer, they look at the situation from the perspective of pessimism. Always tend to be negative. That's the lenses. Pessimism. For the farmer, he looks at his life and his situation from the perspective of probability. Could be good, could be bad. All right? But for us as Christians, we must look at life from the perspective of promise. And that's the Word of God. What God is saying to us. And that is so, so important. So that's why I say to all of us here this morning, that foundation matters. That I pray that you build a stronger foundation in your life with the Word of God. And finally, the third important point is this. Fundamental matters. Fundamental matters. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. The word fundamental means of prime importance. Prime importance. So what is of prime importance in your life and my life? The prime importance is our relationship with God. What is important is your relationship with God. What is important is your walk with God. What is important is how much you know your God. That is fundamental. And that's most important. 
As you know, that Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship. It's about relationship with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that is most important. That's why in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, here the Bible says, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me. The understanding to know me, that I, the Lord, who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in this I delight, declares the Lord. They have understanding to know me. That means it's about a personal knowledge of God. It's about a personal experience of God. It's not just about knowing about God, but it's about knowing God. And that's what matters. That's why I say fundamental matters. And that's your relationship and my relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about how much you know your God. It's about how strong is your relationship with God. Always know that He is your Savior. He died for you. He came from heaven to earth to redeem us, to forgive us as we place our trust in Him. He is our Savior. Not only He is our Savior, He is also our shepherd. The shepherd of our soul, the shepherd of our lives. And He will lead us step by step. Know that He is your good shepherd and your good shepherd will order your steps. Your good shepherd will guide you. That's why Psalmist David, in Psalm 23, what did he say? He declares boldly that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. And then Psalmist David declared, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rock and Thy staff, they comfort me. David knows his God. He knows his Savior. He placed such you know, confidence in the God that he worshipped. That's why at the end of Psalm 23, he declares, Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. What a declaration. And that declaration you know, came out of a deep sense of personal knowledge and experience of God. That's why you and I must grow to know God more. When He's knowing that He's our Savior, He's our Shepherd, and also He's our strength. 
His strength will enable us to, to face every situation and to go through every situation. Fundamental matters. That's why all of us here, we must grow to know our God more. Not just about God, but knowing Him personally. Let me just end with this story. One day a father, he was out walking with his six-year-old son. And while walking, the son asked the father this question. The, father asked, the son asked the father, Father, how big is God? What is the size of God? The son asked his father. The father pondered for a moment, and then at that point, he, he saw an aircraft in the sky, you know, flying over them. And the father asked the son, Son, will you look up? Can you see the aircraft? Let me ask you a question. How big is the aircraft? The son looks up, at the aircraft, and the son said to the father, Father, it is so small. The aircraft, it is so small. Then the father took the son to the airport, entered into the terminal, and walked closer to where the aircrafts are all being parked. And at a very close range, the son could see the aircrafts. And the father asked the son, Son, how big are the aircrafts here that you are seeing? And the son said, Dad, it is so big. It is so huge. What's the point? The point is that the nearer you are to God, the greater you're able to see the majesty of your God. You're able to see that He is eternal. He is sovereign. He's the great I Am. The nearer you are to Him, the more you're able to look at your situations, not through your own lenses, but through the lenses and the eyes of your great God in your life. But when you're far away from God, that's where you tend to look at things through your own physical human eyes. And that's where you're not able to see your God clearly. You're not able to see the, the bigness and the greatness of your God. That's why Jesus said, come unto me. We must draw close to God. We sang the song earlier, draw me. And I pray this morning, all of us will take one step closer to the cross, one step deeper into the presence of the Lord Almighty. Maybe some of you here, because of something that happened in the past, but that was a negative experience, but somehow it has impacted you, and you're still affected by what happened in the past, and it's also affected your faith in one way or another. This morning, God is saying to you, come to me, draw close to me. Or some of you, you are facing a challenging situation. Well, 
look at the greatness of your God. Put your expectant faith in action to believe that all things are possible with God. But maybe for some of you here, it has been a dark, dark times for you. Your prayers are not answered. God seems silence in your life. You could not understand. But I pray even in such times that your enduring faith will remain strong and steadfast. That you continue to trust in your God no matter what. That you know that He is God. Yes, there are many things we don't fully understand. But when we don't understand, Faith matters, foundation matters, and fundamental matters. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bow our hearts before you this morning in your presence, O oh God. Lord, draw us closer to you. Lead us deeper into your presence. Father, I just want to commit your people to you this morning. You know what they've gone through. You know what they are going through, dear Lord. But I pray no matter what, God, that you will just minister to your people. That as they look to you, O oh God, that they will take one step, Lord, closer to you, one step, O oh God, closer to the cross, O oh God. Father, I pray that you strengthen every person here. Let every heart, O oh God, be strengthened by you this morning. Let their faith, O oh God, continue to anchor on you, dear Lord, the rock of their lives, dear Lord. So, Father, I would just commit your people to you. Lord, you just do a special work, oh God. Lord, right now, oh God, in your wonderful presence. At every head is when every eye closed. I want to pray for some of you here this morning. Maybe some of you here, as I mentioned, because of what had happened in the past, a past event. But it still has a lingering effect on you. And somehow your faith has been shaken because of what has happened. But I want to pray for you this morning that God will restore you. God will strengthen your faith once again. That you take one step closer you know, to the cross and draw yourself closer to the Lord. And there are also people here you are facing a challenging situation. I want to pray for you that you experience a breakthrough. That somehow you experience the mighty hand of God upon your life in a very special way. That there's also grow people, you are in a situation that you could not fully understand. Your prayers are not answered. You are discouraged, you are down, and you're wondering why. I want to pray for you that your enduring faith will remain strong in the Lord that no matter what, you continue to proclaim that He is your God, that He is in control of your life. He is sovereign. Even though you do not fully understand that you will 
you will declare that God is the God of my life. And we pray for you that indeed your faith will strengthen as you continue to put your trust in the Lord. So for these few groups of people, if that's you and the Lord has been speaking to you, I want to pray, I want to pray a prayer for you this morning. If that's you, wherever you are in this hall, we just raise your right hand to the Lord right now. Yes, 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 yes. Are there others? Yes, in front here. Yes, at the back, the Lord sees your hand, sister. Are there others? Say, God, I need your touch. Lord, strengthen my faith right now. I need you, oh God, in a very special way. Is there someone else before I pray? Just raise your hand to the Lord right now. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just stand in the presence of the Lord right now. Let's stand. Let's just sing this song together first before I pray. But wherever you are, especially those who raise your hands, just begin to reach out to the Lord and just allow God to touch you afresh and anew in a very special way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we just raise our hands towards heaven right now? Whatever you are facing, whatever you're going through, just commit to the Lord. And just surrender your life and your situation to the Lord once again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, O oh God. Father, we stand, Lord, in your, before your awesome presence, O oh God. Lord, we declare that you are our God. And there's none like you. For you are the great I am. Father, right now, I'm going to commit those especially who raise their hands, O oh God. Father, you know their names. You know what they are going through. Father, I pray that you draw them, Lord, deeper into your presence, O oh God. The Lord, as they put their trust in you, even though they do not fully understand, O oh God. Father, I pray that you minister to them, O oh God. They will strengthen their faith, dear Lord. Let your peace be on their hearts, O oh God. And Lord, you will carry them in the palm of your loving hands, O oh God. That as they look to you, O oh God. And Father, I pray that you help them to view, Lord, their situation, Lord, through the lens of the Scripture, O oh God, that your Word will provide them, O oh God, Lord, guidance, O oh Lord. So, Father, strengthen every heart, I pray. Lord, I pray for a powerful intervention, Lord, of your grace, O oh God, and a power of the Holy Spirit to rest on their lives, O oh God, that they're able to face the situation, not in their own strength, but in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, oh God. So, Lord, I just commit your people to you. The Lord, that you will just continue, oh God, to do an awesome, powerful work, oh God, in their hearts and in their lives, oh God. So, Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory because you are our God. And we declare, declare that no matter what, you are a good God. Because you are a wonderful Abba Father. We praise you. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Please be seated. Thank you for listening to this series. We hope that you are blessed. If you would like to go deeper with us, head over to our website at maranatha.sg for more information.